When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Attention, true crime enthusiast, searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's Thursday, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, which means it is time for our weekly listener mail segment. We scour the internet. We infiltrate social media, uh, which makes it easy because we're talking about our social media, where you talk to us. Uh, we listen to mysterious calls from around the world, and we pick just a few. It's always a difficult choice. Pick just a few to share with our fellow conspiracy realists. Today, we're going to learn some very strange allegations about uh, Joseph Mengele mentioned in a previous episode. We're going to talk a little bit about DuPont's and Devil's Road. We're also going to talk about the scary future of facial recognition coming to a town near you if it's not already there. Uh, if you guys are okay with it, I say we open with Mengele. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Let's open right up with that guy. Slash terrifying slash yeah, uh, yeah, crime. Always lead ab with absolute the Nazis. abomination of a human being. Yeah, always lead with the Nazis. That's what uh, Spielberg taught us in Indiana Jones. Right, uh, it always goes back to them. And Schindler's List. So, uh, our first letter today comes from Sean. Here's what you had to say, Sean. Sean says, hello again. After listening to the Dr. Mangla episode, I was reminded of a disturbing yet true story that is worth sharing with you all. While in college at the School of Mines, not Mimes, I misread it initially too, at the School of Mines in Colorado, a friend of mine who was studying mechanical engineering and focusing on medical devices was given a project to design a portable device 
that could perform a certain type of blood transfusion in emergency situations because a doctor in the U.S. had developed a highly oxygenated Teflon-based compound that could be transfused into a trauma patient who was losing or had lost too much blood. And this could keep their organs in stasis until injuries were repaired and or blood was available. Although he had achieved success with smaller mammals, he could not get approval for the human research in the United States because of the highly dangerous practices involved and decided to move down to Brazil to finish his research. Have you guys heard of anything like this? Uh, I remember seeing a film of purportedly doing such activities with a dog and other smaller mammals. Mm. Um, but again, I could never verify if it, if it was real with that type of transfusion. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to pause to check to see how, how far into the, into the wild we're going here. Okay. So it doesn't seem completely alien. This was brand new to me. And I, I had a moment where I thought, hold on, Teflon, the stuff that <laughs> we yeah. already did an episode on with pots and pans and how they're insidious and, and dangerous, that coating yeah. at least. To, to be fair, what I saw had nothing to do with Teflon. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're talking about maybe head transfusions with dogs? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was some, some mm -hmm. Using plasma blood, parts of blood, yeah. Not, mm -hmm. not, uh, not that stuff. Well, here's where Sean's story continues. Ten years later, Sean says, uh, this person was back in the U.S. developing the devices to test in the field. His research was a success, mostly, and the military wanted in on it. Q, School of Mines, my friend. This part made me laugh. No one on the engineering team knew this doctor's real name. They just referred to him as Dr. Dracula. As his research involved draining people of a large portion of their blood and injecting them with his compound before whoosh, whoosh, bringing them back. I always wonder how many casualties there were in this process. The sad part about this story is that the process was originally developed in the States and will probably benefit the U.S. before anyone else. But the U.S. wasn't willing to take the biggest risk and happily benefited off the medical exploitation of other people. Of course, as in the words of Voltaire, it is forbidden to kill. Therefore, all murderers are punished unless they kill in large numbers and to the sounds of trumpets. Quickly, back to Mangala. Have you guys heard of Arizona Wilder? This lady claims to have unknowingly been a satanic priestess who was controlled by Dr. Mangala until his death. It's a crazy story with many hits, transgressive hypnotherapy, world leaders, satanic rituals, etc. Love your show. Holy smokes. That's wild. I have to say, it makes me think of uh, that uh, part of Ed Wood um, with Johnny Depp, or that was based on him, you know, obviously the crazy filmmaker Ed Wood. He had a character named Dr. Acula, and it was meant to be like, you know, like a tongue-in-cheek reference to Dracula. But I love that it just went all the way and just called him Dr. Dracula. Um, God, I just can't understand the motivations behind these uh, these types of folks. I mean, the, the thing is that Teflon as we know it today, is it, its real name is polytetrafluoroethylene, right? And this stuff does have some safety issues. So initially, it sounds really odd to think that would be purposefully injected in somebody's blood, you know, or into their circulatory system. But as I looked into this, I found a couple of articles on blood substitutes for transfusion, one by a Dr. M.J. Williams, uh, but then papers by several other people that were exploring the same thing. Like you can find these papers for perfluorinated blood substitutes, artificial oxygen carriers, basically. And the idea- So it is PFAS. Yeah. It's this, it is that stuff, the, the Teflon-like substance. Yeah, yep. It's, wow. It's maybe not exactly the same kind of formulation that you would uh, see on a pan, the ones that you're not supposed to use metal spoons on. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it is, yeah, it is the same kind of stuff, which is amazing. Uh, the abstract for one of these says, Faced with an increased demand for blood products in a stable donor pool, different companies have developed products for oxygen carrying from hemoglobin to fluorocarbon-based compounds 
the latter being based on Teflon-like products. There are several difficulties in showing efficacy of these compounds, and the reasons are discussed. In addition, various strategies for the production of oxygen-carrying blood substitutes, or OCBS, are noted as well as other applications for these compounds. So that's just like, that's just the abstract of one paper. But how surprising. I think most people would be surprised to learn this substance that we have been taught to avoid is being purposely put into people's bodies. I mean, there's the last time I heard stories or studies about Teflon in human body systems, it was very much framed as terrible news, you know, up there with microplastics. Yeah, it's definitely something. I mean, we've we've learned this numerous times over the course of the show that you keep those things away from you. And when they leak into your water supply at the tiniest amounts, it can be a terrible situation for any biological life, specifically mammals and animals, uh, amphibians, other other animals. That's a yikes. The thought of injecting it into your bloodstream in any way, in any amount. Yeah. Mm hmm. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't, is, is there some purported benefit? Like, I don't... Uh... The ability to, to transfer oxygen through the body, and especially, you know, the ongoing problem with plasma or with blood uh, in terms of donation. Not to sound like a vampire, but it is a huge problem. There are a lot of people in the U.S. and abroad who need blood. Uh, and not not in a Dracula way, though the name does fit, Sean. I do hope you tell your friend the name fits. And the universal donor is O negative, right? Yes, the universal donor is O negative. Uh, this is, and and there are also, you know, we could also do an episode in the future on very rare blood types. There are some blood types that are so incredibly rare there are only a few known cases throughout history, and people still aren't sure genetically how those came to be. Uh, For anybody who isn't familiar with Teflon or the concerns about it, this has been going on for a long, long time. Um, There was a class action lawsuit and community settlement with the DuPont company. And after that lawsuit, three epidemiologists conducted studies on the population surrounding a chemical plant that was exposed to PFOAs. Like you said earlier, Matt, that's the common acronym. Uh, and they found that there was an association between this exposure and six health outcomes, none of which are superpowers, none of which are pretty or fun. They're things like testicular cancer, kidney cancer, ulcerative colitis, thyroid disease, and hypercholesterolemia, high cholesterol, uh, as mm-hmm. well as pregnancy-induced hypertension. Luckily, you don't have to throw out your pots and pans right now. Overall, cookware that has substances like this is considered a minor exposure pathway. So you should be more worried about it if you're living near um, a plant that that manufactures this or works with it. Or I guess if you need a lot of blood quickly, right? We, We still have to learn more about this, but I think everybody would be interested to know as strange as, as strange as Sean's story might sound, it is indeed based in a measure of fact. And because there are multiple people looking into blood substitutes, uh, it's it's a little bit difficult maybe for us to figure out who our Dr. Dracula is. But I'm totally down to reach out to the School of Minds and say, tell me about your creepiest doctors. Also, the Brazil story is interesting, but I hope we're not painting a stereotype of, of Brazil is like the home to mad science. Yeah, maybe just the home to escape a bit of the regulation. One of the homes. How about that? One of the places where you can escape some of the regulation of the United States that exists in the medical community and and several other industries. Uh, Do you guys remember when we interviewed Rob Billot? There was that movie Dark Waters that came out that had Mark Ruffalo in it. And it was the he was the lawyer that actually Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was that DuPont. Oh, no, it was. Suit? Maybe it was that DuPont suit. Yeah, it was about it leaching into the water and killing livestock. That was sort of the big indicator, and then it turned out it was killing more than livestock, or at the very least giving people much long-term serious effects from, you know, consuming Mm -hmm. that stuff. Yeah, I just, I still think about that. Um, Sorry, and I'm still horrified by this notion. It's something that is important to be horrified by, 
people should not be okay with that. It is, it is like the microplastic problem in that, you know, the, the distance between the chronological distance between exposure and then the development of symptoms may be very long, right? It may, we may be talking about years or decades intervening, and that makes it easier for immoral powers to try to distance themselves from it. You know what I mean? To try to push it out of the news cycle. And it does take people, uh, it does take people like Rob Balot to, to become uh, honestly tenacious about it, you know? And that, it, he got very close to seriously ruining his life when he went up against this gigantic corporation, folks. Uh, that guy is a hero in my book. Um, no question. Yeah. And so, and so it, modest. Like, I was really shocked at how matter-of-factly he was able to talk about all this stuff and didn't really, you know, slip into hyperbole or anything. It was just kind of like, but also not just like, oh, there's another day at the office. I mean, he obviously saw the gravity of his work and the situation, mm -hmm. but I, I just really enjoyed that conversation. He was a, a really interesting dude. Another fascinating thing about that, you can tell the guy had to speak on, in court and was used to the possibility that folks might try to turn his words against him. So I, I, I do respect it. At the, at the end, we chatted a little off air. Very nice person as well. But this leads into a couple different things. You know, Sean mentioned the problems of the U.S. profiting off human experimentation. Uh, that is true in, like, people are well aware now of the Tuskegee experiments where disadvantaged population of people of color in Tuskegee, Alabama, were told that they were being treated but for syphilis or bad blood, but they were not at all. Yeah, I was going to say something else. I was trying to figure out how to end that sentence, but no, they just weren't given any sort of treatment. Uh, and then the U.S. used that science. That project continued for a long time, but a lot of people aren't aware the U.S. did something very similar in Guatemala. Uh, the U.S. has and will take that data, and I would argue it's different from it's different from taking data from like conquered World War II enemies, right? That's, that is a case of trying to find something not terrible or, you know, you, what, arguably to say that maybe people didn't die in vain or maybe this can be used to prevent death for other people in the future. But what Sean's talking about here is, is a little bit different because it, it feels it feels very close to the state sponsored when the military gets involved and says like, hey, heard you had a wild time in Brazil, but uh, in a partnership with our good friends at DuPont, we're glad to help with your research. You know what I mean? Well, I think about how beneficial that would be to a, mil a military force if there oh, yeah. ever was fighting on the ground where there's in infantry or mm -hmm. <laughs> ground troops that are being injured on the field and, you know, blood supplies are running low, but you do have this synthetic thing you can use. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's hard to say no to it. The, the very last thing I'll, I'll note, uh, and then we'll, we'll move on to our second act, is the last line, Sean, that you put in there about Arizona Wilder also known as Jennifer Green. Uh, you can see several interviews she's conducted where she says she's revealing numerous secrets. Uh, she says she was born into the Illuminati, that she has taken part in various satanic rituals. I looked into this and I was unable, at this point, I'll keep digging, but I was unable to find stuff that I could verify, hmm. it was really difficult to follow up with specifics of what she was saying. Like in the case of child abuse ritualization, like the Dutroux affair, there are specifics and you can learn about these people. But in, in this specific case, at this point, Sean, I wasn't able to find anything. So I'd like to put out a clarion call to our fellow conspiracy realists. 1-833-STD-WYTK, conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. If you've got any leads on this, whether it's Teflon blood transfusions or the story of Arizona Wilder, uh, let us know. And let us know if you think it's bunk as well. We just like to, we'd like to get your opinion. Sort of read the temperature of the podcast room. As a matter of fact, if you want to do that right now, we're going to pause for a word from our sponsor and we'll be back with more news from you. 
Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 2424 Two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back with uh, with stories from you, uh, the public, the conspiracy realists of the world. Uh, today I brought one from Ronan, the wandering Ronan. Uh, he sent us an email talking about facial recognition software being quietly deployed in his uh, his home in Colorado. He says, hey there, conspiracy stuff. Guys, I am a Colorado resident. I recently was separated from my driver's license. That's no fun. Uh, and had to get a replacement. When I got my temporary ID, there was information about an app that would allow you to have a, quote, digital ID on your phone. This is me uh, guessing this is something along the lines of an Apple Pay situation where you have something in your phone that you can either show or maybe even a barcode on it that you can scan. But uh, he believes, it goes on to say, I'm not sure what sort of application these digital IDs are used for. I don't believe they can commonly be used to purchase cannabis uh, or alcohol, for example. Some bars may decide to accept them eventually, but it's up to the establishment. At any rate, I thought, since my only ID at the moment is a flimsy printed sheet of paper, that I'd check this option out. Um, I think we've maybe all been there. We either had a temporary ID or we'd, you know, lost a wallet perhaps. And then you get this literally like this like printout thing that uh, feels very sketchy. So I understand where he's coming from. Um, So he thought he'd check it out so he'd have a backup until I get my new license uh, in the mail. After setting up my account, there's an option to select my Colorado digital ID. When I select it, it says, for security, we must verify your ID. When you confirm, it goes right into a facial recognition function. 
there's an oval and instructions to get your face inside the oval. I was not expecting this. Uh, then the app was prompting me to get my face closer to the camera, uh, and it really spooked me a bit. Uh, this is clearly facial recognition software. Granted that this is one way for an app to verify an ID, but it feels like there's all kinds of things that this could get used for. Is my face being uploaded into a state database of some kind? I backed out of it and did not confirm my ID. I have no idea if I'm being paranoid, but it seems like a good subject for you guys to look into. Should people be concerned about the uh, facial recognition software being used to verify IDs for digital IDs in Colorado? Thanks for your time, even if this is not worthy uh, for the airwaves. Ronan, more than worthy for the airwaves. Uh, and we found an article um, somewhat confirming your worst fears. Uh, it was an article in the Denver Post um, from, let's see, it was from uh, September 27th of last year. And the headline is, How Colorado Law Enforcement Quietly Expanded Its Use of Facial Recognition. State agencies have access to DMV's facial recognition software and some paid for use of a LexisNexis service. So uh, it, it doesn't name the software, but there is uh, – I've been seeing this thing pop up and we've gotten a few other emails about it, about this uh, digital ID verification for, for example, getting um, unemployment or verifying your ID for getting like COVID relief. Yeah. And it's called something like ID.me, I believe is what it's called, and it's the name of a company that is using facial recognition to verify your ID. But – it appears that what Colorado Department of Motor Vehicles is doing is that they uh, have this facial recognition software and they're able to run it, screenshots even or like, you know, security camera uh, photos, still photos through this database they have that's presumably being fed by these biometric scans that, you know, residents are giving uh, to the DMV. Um, there is a case in Aurora, Colorado, uh, which is only one, according to this article, only one of hundreds of times Colorado police um, in the past few years have accessed facial recognition software in partnership with the DMV by uh, using this program that more than 80 Colorado agencies have paid to be a part of. Um, and it's becoming more and more common. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lakewood Police Commander uh, John Pickard said that facial recognition is an incredible tool that helps us identify a lot of serious suspects out there. Obviously, this is uh, something that is problematic from a civil rights perspective. Uh, it's very similar to, let's say, the way when you do one of those 23andMe kits, you know, or um, Ancestry.com, your DNA ends up in a database that can then be pulled from, you know, for – uh, solving crimes, which eh, on its surface is not a bad thing. And we know that that helped contribute to identifying the Golden State Killer. But it is kind of a tricky situation where in the wrong hands, this could be used, you know, to identify protesters or people that are um, conscientiously objecting to police brutality or even to, you know, if police really had a beef with somebody. Um, we did a story not long ago about someone who was being essentially or allegedly being stalked by police. Uh, I can't remember exactly the, the gentleman's name, but he ended up dead, um, previously killed, but also uh, burned in a fire. Um, and I believe very, it was very, John Lang. That's exactly who it was. And uh, I just feel like this kind of power in the hands of an agency that we know isn't always above board and that oftentimes will do whatever is necessary to get a conviction uh, or even just to find a scapegoat. Um, yeah. I, hate, I hate to be cynical, but I, I don't like this. I bit. predicted it, man. I mean, why would you walk away from that technology? I saw it. Ronan, you are, you are absolutely right to be concerned. Unfortunately, the screws are being tightened on you and your fellow residents of Colorado. I am so lucky that there is a thunderstorm coming through my part of town right now. That thunder that you heard in the background, uh, that's, that's on my end. I think we should leave it in because this is literally and metaphorically a storm on the horizon, my friend. If you look at how this is being applied, again, it's going back to the Gattaca argument. Right now, the state doesn't really force you to have this, right? Because 
uh, Ronan, as as we saw, it, you are you are going through the normal older ID replacement process, and you had the option to get a digital ID by downloading that app. But what happens for a resident of Colorado who wants unemployment benefits? You might have to submit to the facial recognition. That might be part of the process. Taking people who are in a uh, desperate, non-ideal situation and then forcing them to, you know, go with ID.me. This is probably advertised as, you know, just the next step, just keeping current with trends. But to your point, Noel, yeah, obviously this this is going to be misused. It's not like, oh, maybe something will happen at some point. No, certainly something screwy will happen with this at some point. That's not saying that Colorado is full of monsters or villains. They're just it's just a very powerful technology. And there are a lot of people who will have access to it. I agree, I think, with you guys. But I do want to put the other perspective here. Because I'm imagining the circumstances of inevitable misuse of this are going to be far lower than the circumstances where somebody really nefarious doing something terrible gets caught because of it. I would I would be tempted to agree, Matt, if facial recognition did not have such absolute horrid biases, especially for people of color. That's like right. People I mean, in are particular, already falsely arrested for this correct. sort of stuff. In particular, like, I mean, people with darker pigments in their skin uh, right. are often misidentified. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's almost a, it's almost a cliche. You know, it's like the facial recognition software acts the same way as like real cops. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, there's that guy with the, the, the hoodie and the, and the dark skin. That's totally. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, in, in the same article that we're, we're looking at it from the Denver Post, they're discussing how. You know, a, a lot of crimes that occur online where it where there's an image from like a camera or something sure. like that, it's not going to be perfect. But if that's the only lead you have on, you know, chi- some like serious child sexual abuse stuff, um, I don't know. I can imagine yeah. this being like really great to have. I, I, I'm with uh, you, Matt. And there is a list of crimes that this would be considered fair game to use for and it is mm-hmm. things like sexual abuse of children passport fraud and on homicide um among among some others but uh you know you do start to get into more vague uses or mm-hmm. situations where maybe it's not warranted or uh, it's pre-crime it's, you know that's what yeah. private insurance also yeah. yeah the reason it's so important to me to bring up that bias against people of color with facial recognition technology is because it is real and it is common. And this only further expounds, it brings the same systemic discrimination into the future with the human species. It just makes another avenue for it. And there are people, like there are people right now who are innocent and are being held in jail, essentially at this point, for the crime of being poor and not being able to get decent legal representation. This is, this is, Horrific. And I, I looked into this by interest, uh, Ronan and, and the rest of us here. I looked into the company that is ultimately responsible for ID.me. Uh, and Noel, you're absolutely right. It is ID.me. Of course, there, uh, this is a company called Paravision. And Paravision statements are what you would expect, but they're not specific enough to really allay the concerns I would have. Paravision, when they're speaking with CNN, say, we don't really comment on partner systems, but our, the rollout of our technologies are guided by AI principles, which, quote, require that our products are ethically developed and conscientiously sold. So flashback to NSO Group and Pegasus, right? Pegasus oh, yeah. was that, you know, well, the state in which we are based, the state of Israel, uh, has to approve our client list. So it's really not on us. And Paravision what was that say, other one? Clearview AI? Clearview AI is another one where they said, you know, this is just this is just neat. And you have to have access to this system. But again, it's like the example I used earlier. Look, we just build the missiles. You know what I mean? We're not in charge of where we blow up. We're we're surprised that so many people are into the fact that they blow up. We thought of them as lawn art. You how how <sighs> willfully, like how how willfully ignorant can you pretend to be? At what point do you reach a threshold? I don't know. I mean, and also I, 
The problem is that I absolutely agree this can prevent crimes, but it really depends on, as cliche as it sounds, it depends on who watches The Watchmen. Now, I will say that I don't want to misconstrue what Ronan is talking about with what we're talking about here in this Denver Post article. There, it's it's unclear if they're exactly the same. Like to me, it's more of a larger conversation and how facial recognition technology is being used. I don't know for a fact that what you upload to the DMV to get that digital ID gets shared in a database, but why why would it not? You know what I mean? There's probably some. I imagine there's got to be some kind of, you know, uh, disclaimer or some end user agreement that says if you participate in this with get the convenience of having that digital ID, then you are going to be. I mean, why would you not? It has to like verify you in some way. So it already knows what you look like. Um, I just feel like it's giving them more accurate data uh, that then can feed these apps that we're talking about, which would be something a little more on the lines of Clearview AI. Because in the uh, Denver Post article, it was talking about how, you know, they're using these apps to snap photos of people and then it searches a database and connects them. Um, or you can even use a blurry screenshot, for example, or, you know, a, a piece of surveillance uh, footage or yeah, still from surveillance footage. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting because to the point about sharing, what likely happens, I haven't had time to do uh, as much research on this yet, but what likely happens is, so the unemployment thing should spook you a little because it's forcing people essentially to get this ID. The only way that you, right. the only way you can avoid getting in the digital ID system and still receive the unemployment benefits that you paid for, by the way, don't forget that part. It is your money. Uh, the, the only way you can avoid it is if you are under 18 and have significant uh, technological barriers because ID.me is not applied to minors, which should also give you a sense of uh, just how dangerous this can be due to long tail consequences. So what I what I imagine happens, and this is just my speculation, I imagine that for ease of use and for streamlining purposes, when you do your digital ID, which you know odds are it's not going to be nefarious. We're just we're outlining some of the worst case and best case scenarios. When you get that ID uh, and you you have your face in the system in that way, it probably is shared with, you know, other state level organizations, right? Just so you don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over again. But the big question is, um, again, in the case of like unemployment agencies, out of the 27 states that have entered contracts with ID.me, are they sharing stuff? together. Does the DMV or the unemployment office in Vermont know what's going on at the DMV office in Colorado? I would imagine there would be some barriers to that, right? Because otherwise it would essentially become a federal level system. Yeah. And and a lot of this stuff was really revealed um, to be a real problem, you know, during the pandemic when, you know, a lot of these pandemic relief funds were made available through this online portal. And there's actually an article on uh, the, uh, what is this, Colorado Public Radio website um, about a gentleman who, through what is being referred to as a glitch in the ID.me platform, was unable to get his uh, unemployment that he was due after he and his his wife um, burned through all their savings during the pandemic. So it was literally a matter of survival to, to, you know, they they choose not to have internet access. It shouldn't be a crime. You know, you shouldn't be uh, not able to get what you are due because you choose to live a different type of life. Um, But more and more, it is becoming prohibitive uh, to not have the internet. But I don't think it should be. And uh, these decisions are often being made without people's consent um, as in some, you know, effort to streamline, you know, bureaucracy. But oftentimes there are people that get left behind or just outright screwed over. Mm-hmm. I will say one good thing about this that that I think, well, it's in the vein of this world, but it's really important. So as uh, as we're talking about mobile devices and how much they can see, there is a way to use this for good. Because I feel bad about kind of like ranting and raving about how uh, how terrible this stuff could become. Um, if you are like us, uh, people who often travel for work, now the pandemic's closed down and you stay at a lot of hotels, please, please, please check out an app called Traffic Cam, T-R-A-F-F-I-C-K Cam. Uh, this 
All you have to do is use the app and take a photo of the hotel room that you're staying in. And this kind of recognition allows investigators to fight against human trafficking because they'll see photos from these things or, you know, God forbid, video footage, and it'll seem like an innocuous hotel room. But if they can match it up, you know, to someone who's like, oh, I was in Poughkeepsie or I don't know, some small town, Macon or whatever, uh, then you can you can actively help uh, rescue these victims. I know that's a reach, but I'm I'm just trying to find something nice to say about it. Well, I mean, if 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 I get mugged one day, or you know, one of you guys get mugged one day, and there's happens to be footage that's good enough somewhere, and mm-hmm. we can like positively identify whoever that person was. I mean, that's good enough for me. And and I I know I hear what you guys are saying in your arguments, and I also like I know I know those things to be true. I think it's just tough for me because I. I, I'm almost giving in at this point. I'm trying so hard not to, but I was looking at Lumen and some of the other services that these these agencies already use where they're, they are sharing a ton of information, at least when you're within a state. That whole state basically has all of that information. Um, yeah. And in Georgia, we have these real IDs. Mm-hmm. They are just meant to say exactly who we are, but be able to track us down if law enforcement ever needs to. It's also a terrible <laughs> uh, name. Yeah. Real ID. Uh, what what about those other IDs? Jeez. It's not it's not what are real those, enough. Like, tiny trapper keepers now? I don't know. But the uh the uh, I see what you're saying, Matt. I would I would say that I have not proposed anything that is an argument. I feel like we've outlined very much good and bad things that will inevitably happen. This 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 technology is not going away. No one is gonna step it back. There might be maybe some parts of the world that are privileged enough to uh, to eventually stem the tide because privacy is going to be the new precious resource. It already kind of is. Uh, if, that, if we're in that situation, then it's like that line from Thanos, I'm inevitable. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what facial recognition is saying. I guess I just wish I had more faith that humanity could like handle this kind of power correctly. Because you're absolutely right, man. In a perfect world, if we, uh, you know, really trusted those in power uh, to deploy this stuff with, uh, you know, compassion and and to use it for for the right reasons, I think it it is kind of magic, really. Um, I just I have to have been made a little bitter and uh, and distrusting of law enforcement over the years. But uh, who knows? Maybe. Um, I'm just looking for a world that's free of strife and crime that uh, has a, the deepest, darkest underbelly that you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Sort uh, of a brave new world. Yeah. Type I, I thought you were going to say a world that's free of faces. And I was like, okay, I'll hear them out. I don't know. Where are we going? I mean, there are also masks and makeup people use, especially during protest, to disrupt facial recognition technology. Yeah. And those are old school analog solutions they work, but um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I see more potential for honest mistakes rather than, you know, active, like active concerted discrimination or assassination attempts in the U.S. I'd be worried about things like ID.me in places like uh, places with oppressive regimes. You know what mm. I mean? Because yeah. that in that situation, the odds of this being used for terrible means uh, are are exponentially higher. But then, if you think about it, in places with uh, oppressive enough regimes or uh, very few civil liberties in the first place, they don't really even need this to screw with people. You know, they'll just snatch them out of their homes, whether they uh, are confirmed or not to have done anything, mm. even if it's a smoke and mirrors kind of situation. I mean, so. I think there's a lot of positive and negative uh, to this, and I think it's something we're going to be keeping a close eye on uh, for sure for quite a while. Um, But in the meantime, let's take a break, and then we'll be back with one more listener mail. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop. 
Podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, and we are back, and we are going to jump to a place called Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. Very, very close to Delaware. Uh, We are jumping to a specific part there called Cossert Road, C-O-S-S-A-R-T Road. It's also known as Devil's Road. And we learned about this through a message from Cody. Here is what Cody said. Hey guys, I wanted to send you this conspiracy that's right in my neck of the woods. It's an interesting area where many high schoolers and young adults drive around at night with their lights off and then get chased out by a bunch of white Ford Broncos. Highly specific there, right? Uh, It's very strange, and I would love for you guys to check it out. I should also mention that right outside of Devil's Road, there's a bridge called Smith's Bridge, where the legend says that if you park on it and shut your lights off in the middle of the night, you can hear a baby crying. Very odd stuff. Well... Let's jump right in. I didn't find anything about Smith's Bridge in particular here, but I did learn quite a bit about Cossert Road in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. You can find it on your map. Again, just spell it the way I did, C-O-S-S-A-R-T. And you can look at it. It's fairly small. It goes through a wooded area. And if you look at it from above, it doesn't seem that frightening whatsoever. Uh, Until you start learning about the lore That's behind this thing. And we'll begin learning about this by going over to WJBR.com. That is a radio station. They've got an article called The Haunted Legend of the DuPonts, Devil's Road, and the Cult House. Wait, you might think, DuPonts? What do you mean, DuPonts? As in... Like Teflon? That company we were just talking about? Yes! The DuPont family and the DuPont company. Yes, that very same thing. Uh, That's at least where the legends lie. So according to this article, as well as several other places online, this area and road and the forest surrounding it, it's where 
the village was shot or much of the village was shot. Do you guys remember that movie? M night Shyamalan? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. So it's right around. That's a good way to set the tone. Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine that. Sure. That's what it looks like. Uh, there's a specific part of it that you can see images of online. If you go on street view on Google maps, it's a bit harder to detect this phenomena, but the trees have this weird thing where they bend strangely along this road. It should be noted that this is a single car road, a single lane road. So it does feel strange. It feels weirdly claustrophobic. At least it looks weirdly claustrophobic. And then those trees just make it eerie. Um, There was allegedly a mansion that was located somewhere on the property within the woods there with on one of the lots. And this mansion has been known as the cult house. This is, again, according to legend. And at one point, this large home was owned by the DuPonts, who were just one of the wealthiest families that existed at the time. This is quite a while ago, I guess. It doesn't give me any specific times, but the DuPonts have been operating in the U.S. for Decades and decades and decades. The legend goes that the DuPont family perhaps experienced and suffered from quite a bit of inbreeding, I guess. I don't know the right way to say that. Their gene pool, allegedly, according to this thing, Mm -hmm. was small. There were a lot of unwanted children that were born, according to the story, and those children were buried near trees. And then there are certain, yeah, there are certain trees that form the weird shape of a skull, like a child's skull. Kind of disturbing. Where did I, I first, I think I first read this years ago in uh, the series of books that's like weird insert state here. Oh yeah, there's a a website. Weird side attraction type books? Yeah, I think it's like weirdus.com. Uh, well, I don't know. Weird US, weirdus.com has an entire thing on here. The alleged stuff about what has occurred, what has been seen, what Mm -hmm. witnesses have stated. Although it is highly difficult to corroborate any of this stuff. Well, yeah, it's Uh, like an Unsolved Mysteries episode. You're not supposed to take it as hard research. It's folklore, you know? In my opinion, like Weird Pennsylvania, you can order the book. I have the weird state books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Didn't that skull tree actually play a role in the, the village? Like it actually was some sort of plot point where there's something hidden inside of it, if I'm not mistaken. Perhaps one of them did, or perhaps it was just a set piece. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about the filming of that. All all, all I've ascertained from my research here is that those woods were, in fact, used as a location. Cool. Best part of the village, by the way. We're not going to give away the twist if you haven't seen it, but the best part, M. Night Shyamalan's cameo. He's just, he's a guy with a newspaper. (laughs) His cameo is always the best. I know. I love him. I love him. Uh, Dude. Yeah. I think so, it's, I yeah. think him, Tarantino does, does, who else does like as a director does every movie oh, with their like uh, face pops in at some point. Is Stephen King in maximum overdrive? I just oh, yeah. watched the trailer. Yeah. It's a great trailer. Every, when yeah. I need motivation Cocaine's and I'm like, look, everyone <laughs> makes mistakes, you know, and they power through it. Those trucks were terrifying when I was a kid. The short yeah. story is great. The short story is great. He was all about sentient machines, uh, you know, but like dumb ones, like, From you know, microwaves and uh, evil. The keyboards. Mangler, which is about like a, a haunted what was laundry, it, laundry machine. machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm. good, too. Like the way it happens is really. Anyway, I like the short stories. Uh, I, I would love more of the cameos, but I don't know, Matt. I, I would love to hear more about directors who cameo in their own films because i think it's <laughs> alfred hitchcock i think it's so oh, cool yeah. to appear in mm-hmm. his own films as well mm-hmm. matt is there i mean there's like a cult like kind of mythos right. behind this yes. uh, area and it looks it it feels very true detective to me like there's some sort of elite you know child murdering cult mm-hmm. that, that like has rituals out in the woods it just feels like those kind of woods and when you throw dupont in the mix big money you know old money start to the mind wanders matt I, I would I, I would say I can see what you're saying from my view outside of these websites that are specifically talking about how creepy it is and how there's a cult involved and all that stuff sure. is going on. Yeah. The area looks very safe and happy and you're just kind of in the middle of the woods in this area of Pennsylvania. And uh, maybe maybe security, you know, um, in the in those Broncos. But also, yeah, there's so much stuff 
stewing around about it. Like the idea that like people aren't agreeing on what's going on. Some people are saying a cult without a ton of specifics. And mm-hmm. then other people are saying, no, it's the Ku Klux Klan, right? Well, some are saying that. Yes. Uh, again, there are rumors uh, all over the place with all kinds of different concepts of what's going on here. This is one of the major things I will say about the road because it is single lane. And because those trees are like in, in just weird formation at certain points. And there are other places in there where you're just, there's so much tree cover. You're in the middle of the woods, right? But you've got a one lane highway going through kind of like going through some of the mountain areas of Georgia that I'm thinking of or going through where it just feels like you're, you're stuck and you're, you're lost in the woods. Thank goodness you've got lights, especially if you're in the dark. And I'm imagining if you are on this one lane highway going through, winding through these trees and you do encounter another vehicle that is, let's say coming in the opposite direction. That's not just a quiet passing of another vehicle like you would on any other road, that becomes an occasion. It becomes a moment, right? It becomes a, a word problem and a math test. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yes. Speed, distance, right? And then maneuvering, figuring Ooh. out where you can actually get off, where the shoulder exists. Got to Tetris I, it, yeah. I think I this is me, and I and I don't have any proof to back this up other than what I know slightly of psychology that tension that would be in anyone who is driving along that road, if it's already got these legends surrounding it, and you're just worried that even even the worry that another car is coming while thinking about these other legends, I think those two could combine to create a general level of fear and anxiety and maybe uh, fight or flight that's going on just by being on the road, especially at night. Uh I don't know that that's my that's my thinking there. So then everything that occurs becomes heightened and I can just imagine something normal that you may see or hear could be much scarier, especially if you're unfamiliar with the area, the flora, the fauna. Uh, I I totally see this and I tend to agree. I would say. Yeah, you guys are you guys are pretty on the money. But one thing that we also need to consider is. The U.S. is big. There are a lot yeah. of rural areas and there are a lot of creepy things that happen in those yeah. areas where population density is low, where there's not a, a huge po- Like the U.S. is a land filled with secrets. That is true. There is a great part of uh, the country that is is invisible culturally. And I I love hearing about this. Cody, Cody your letter has made my day. I would love to go there. I would love, love, love to go there. Who's down for a road trip? Where are we going? Me. Me. Let's, right. go. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. Let's do it. Because right. I want to learn more about the true story and the legend surrounding that true story mm-hmm. of the Bruce Alfred Johnston Sr. gang, known by a lot of different things. But this this was a gang that existed in the 1970s. That's when they were pulling most of their heists. Um, 1960s as well, but the 1970s when they became notable, a whole group of people that were operating all along this area, not necessarily in on that road or anything to do with that particular place, but all in this area, they were using crowbars, all, you know, blow torches, ropes, like old school kind of stuff to pull off major heists where in the 70s, they're stealing like $30,000 worth of stuff mm-hmm. or $25,000 worth of stuff or a bunch of tractors. And they were pretty notorious for the things they did. They were also notorious for, as things went bad, killing off their own, including family members and and close loved ones of family members in order to protect their secrets. There's a whole huge story there with this gang and what they did and the way it culminates. And the reason why it's connected back to that road is because a group of them that were, um, that were caught allegedly were led to a field directly off of that Cossert road where they were made to dig their own graves and they were shot and killed and put into those graves. And that was allegedly done by the gang members themselves. Um, so, you can imagine if the place is supposedly haunted, that could really, that could be an actual thing that could be, I don't know if you're going to do some ghost hunting. Let's try that one out first. I Yeah. Yeah. That's, and what we're seeing here is 
<laughs> what we're seeing here is what I would call folklore live, right? We're seeing these this kind of freeform jazz of things get mixed together. I, I like you, Matt, was trying to figure it, find an image of the so-called cult house, you know? And it, it's tough there because there are, I, I saw a report from a guy who lived in the area, and this was around six years ago, so this probably changed, but he said he had worked at the Sun & Co. shop down the road on 52, I think, and that he worked on all these people's cars. So he knew they were real people. They owned a lot of money. And he said, yes, there is a mansion in the woods. That's the quote unquote cult house. There's an old couple that lives there. Uh, they just want to be alone. They just want to be rich and alone. And I could see how, you know, it reminds me a little bit of um, a lot of these stories, you know, they're descended from earlier stories. So it reminds me of the old tales of like the creepy creepy old woman who lives on the edge of town or the creepy old man is at the edge of the woods. Is he a warlock? Is she a witch? Surely. Surely. Definitely. What does she get up to when the moon is occluded? How come no one ever sees her and a wolf in the same field at the same time? You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff. It's kind of reasons why people probably for a, for a beat, believed that the Blair Witch Project was a documentary. Because, I mean, the woods really do conjure these types of images. They, they really do kind of conjure these types of feelings of isolation and uh, and terror. I mean, they're, they can be beautiful, but they can also be very, you know, otherworldly. And uh, when you start getting this kind of lore in there, it really makes the mind go places. Yeah, I agree, Noel. Uh, ben, when you were speaking of that story, did you say the Gorober? What did you say? Where did that person work? Uh, oh, the Sunco. 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 Okay. I'm so I'm looking at the cult house that I found. I don't know if that's what it is, but it is a mansion. Is a large, large house. Uh, I don't have the address here. Okay, but it's by a lake, a small lake or a pond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it does look pretty eerie. <laughs> uh, and the road does go right by it. So I'm, you know. I'm thinking that might be it. And mm -hmm. if it is, I can see why that place might be considered a bit creepy because of its uh, general appearance on Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think Google Maps is it's funny. We're talking about Google Maps after uh, we also did an earlier piece on facial recognition. Like the surveillance state is real, very much so. Uh, so I would say then in that case, these folks can't be that well off because they're not able to get the big G of the internet, G daddy, to erase their, uh, or like at least pixelate their location, right? Yeah, no, I can see that. Maybe it is, maybe it's an offshoot of the DuPont family because they own so much land. Oh, so if much, you, yeah. If you go on, oh God, I just keep saying, if you go on any maps, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter which, which <laughs> digital map service you're using. If you go on one of those map services, mm -hmm. you can find all of the DuPont company and families, uh, lots of land and buildings, and they are everywhere around this area. And by the way, just we could go down such a rabbit hole. With, with the family. You guys well, remember do a DuPont's episode. Let's do it. You remember Foxcatcher, yeah, yep. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He I was remember. a DuPont. Well, uh, I, I think we would, I would, I've been thinking about this as well. I would love to do a series on the modern uh, American aristocracy, which is very cool. much a real thing and very much above the law. Uh, if you guys are down, then we'll do that. And if you're listening along, stay at home, send us some suggestions of some lesser known. U.S. aristocrats that you think need a spotlight on them. Also, tell us if you've been to Cult House. Tell us if you're the, are you the couple living in Cult House and you're just really into podcasts? Has this like, has this been the surprise twist of your day? Did we just accidentally shamal on you? Can we come hang with you and, <laughs> yes. and do stuff, whatever it is? At I your love house? a good cult. I love a good cult. It's like a barbecue, you know, if you go in for the intro meeting, the secret is to know when they'll leave. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, if uh, if you have an evite you'd like to send us to join your cult, uh, you can uh, direct that to us uh, via the internet, can't you guys? <laughs> That's right. You can find us all over the place on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. We are Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you would like to leave us a special message, 
with your mouth, you can give us a call. That's right. You can dial us up directly anytime at 1-833-STDWYTK. Three minutes, you'll hear a voice that tells you you're in the right place. And then those three minutes are yours. Tell us what's on your mind. Give yourself a cool nickname like Cult Boys or uh, uh, or mm, Duponatron. Okay, yes. they're not, they're not yes. all going to land. And then and then tell us what's on your mind. Tell us uh, what you think about what we've discussed with Sean, Ronan, and Cody today. Hold on, you might be saying, I do have a very creepy, creepy story. I know what happened with Teflon blood transfusion in Brazil. I know where the cult lives, but I need more than three minutes to tell you. Don't Don't feel like you have to keep calling us back. Instead, just write out the story. We read every single email we get. Always makes my day to, to learn something new, and I'm sure that we're all the same in that regard. All you have to do is type it up and send it to us at our good old-fashioned email address, where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 